Hello, and welcome to the Unifay podcast, a podcast about the future of Europe and rail suppliers' contributions to the effort to create a better future for all of us. I'm Robert Arnone, and this is our first episode. I rewatched the 1994 classic film, Speed. Have you even had the pleasure? Keanu Reeves plays hotshot LAPD SWAT officer Jack Trappin, trying to save a bus full of passengers that an extortionist terrorist, portrayed by the legendary Dennis Hopper, has rigged with a bomb that will go off if they go under 50 miles per hour. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm going on about a 30-year-old American action movie on a podcast about rail, the rail supply industry, and the future of European transport. But I promise there is a point. Watching as a transport professional, obviously, I thought the central element of the movie is the insecurity of public transport. Something that anyone that lived through the 9-11 era, and consequent tragic mass transit bombing spree in Europe, is painfully aware of. In the aftermath of those attacks, and others like them, countries around the world took steps to physically secure stations and vehicles with things like armed officers, x-ray machines, dogs, cameras, the list goes on and on. But there is an element of public transportation, and rail specifically, that could do with greater attention to ensure public safety and uninterrupted service. That is cybersecurity. In recent years, We've seen multiple attacks against railways, from Deutsche Bahn with the infamous WannaCry ransomware attacks, numerous probing breaches against UK railways, and distributed denial of service attacks against Danish and Swedish operators. These examples could be a podcast of its own. With the ongoing crisis in Ukraine and the increasing frequency of cyber attacks, digital defenses are once again in the spotlight. So, to kick off this podcast, we thought it would be a good idea to sit down with Unifate Technical Affairs Manager Marta Garcia to learn more about the importance of cyber resiliency in rail and what we can do to make it even stronger. So, let's begin. Hey, Marta, thanks for joining me. And uh, how are you doing? Thanks, Rob. Uh, I am I'm very happy to be here with you and, and to have this kickoff on, on the podcast of uh, Unifate. Cool. Let's get into it. All right, to start off, many people don't think about computers when they think about rail, but rail suppliers have been integrating high-end technologies into their products for decades. So as, what do you think are the emerging technologies that are really emblematic of rail's inefficiency during the digital age? Well, uh, Robert, that's a, a very good question in that because uh, as you can see, the rail sector is a very uh, innovative one. So we have, uh, in the past, we had City Rail, now we have uh, the new Europe's Rail, and there are different uh, innovative solutions that are being developed and also very much digitalized. So, for example, it could be the case of the APO, the Automatic Train Operation, but also the, the moving blocks with the ETCS Level 3, the future mobile communication system technologies, uh, FRM, Yes. So there are different trends within the rail sector that uh, we should be aware that they are they have a high level of digitalization on it. 
So the more digitalized they are, the more cybersecurity we need. It seems like these tools are tackling huge problems like climate impact, transport accessibility that are directly linked to rails efficacy and efficiency. But there also seems to be this door that is opening up new vulnerabilities. On that note, in 2022, we've seen cyber attacks that have very tangible effects, like a physical halting of rail traffic. What could a cyber attack of a similar application on European railways look like? Is there a specific scenario that particularly frightens you? Well, um, Robert, I think that's a very good question and, and there could be many scenarios, but we can have a, a, an example that it was like uh, in, in December 2021, affecting not only the rail sector, but also most of the sectors all over the world, which was the, the very well known in the cyber community, the lock for cell vulnerability. So it uh, allowed uh, for remote code execution. So meaning that, for example, when a, a cyber criminal could open a door in a train remotely, and there could be huge consequences of that. You can see the impact of, of this uh, thing. So, uh, of course, um, uh, there could be other cases with the new emerging technologies, as we were discussing before, and, and we need to raise awareness on, on this and not to wait until the, something is, is happening real, but to start implementing the, 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 the common and the right measures to, to better protect our systems and subsystems. So, of course, uh, there could be an implication not only for, for society in general, Course, but uh, also for safety of the of the passengers and and, and so on. So there could be some some bad uh, scenarios, uh, but hopefully we will tackle them on, on time. All right. Well, I rest assured knowing that we have experts like you on the case, but still that would be pretty bad. Um, do you believe that Europe is currently prepared for such an attack? Uh, what tools could we adopt? to be better prepared in the event of such an incursion? The number of cyber attacks uh, is increasing sharply, and we need to be aware of that. Uh, also, the geopolitical situation uh, can, can affect all this. The level of cybersecurity preparedness within the, the European Union varies and is overall not commensurate with the growing threats. So, since EU bodies are strongly interconnected, a weakness in one can expose the others. And this is something that we need to consider. So for this reason, um, in order to increase the level of maturity, I will say that the research and innovation is uh, key to success on this. And why do I say that? Uh, because I mean, it's, it's simple. If you see the threat landscape, it is evolving very, very fast and very quickly. And also the, the complexity of the threats um, is uh, becoming more and more um, complex. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if you see all, all these, uh, let's say, threat landscape, we know that cyber criminals are very innovative <laughs> in a not very positive way. So we need to go beyond the state of art in order to better protect our systems and in order to find the best solutions to 
anticipate to those uh, cyber attacks and those cyber criminals. So I think research and innovation is key to success on, on cyber security. So I've, for that end, um, it seems like you are advocating for greater interagency cooperation and you know public-private partnerships that I know rail suppliers have been heavily uh, involved in is central to kind of creating the innovation and the collaboration needed to ensure that we are tracking every and all emerging technology and the new dynamics that it brings into rail security. Um, which actually brings me to my next point that recently you released a position paper on cybersecurity. Unifay points to in this paper, two paths for security for securing rail digital assets legislative track and the technical track. Can you give us an example of each and why you believe that uh, new measure is particularly effective in making sure that all of our real assets are safe? Yes, uh, of course. Uh, well, uh, we need to consider that the, the both the, let's say, frameworks, the, the legislative one and also the technical one, at some point need to be merged. And when I say merge, I will explain uh, now. So on the one hand, we have the, the legislative uh, proposals and some directives on ads, uh, as it could be the, the Network and Information Security uh, Directive Proposal, the NIS2, which is uh, going to be approved hopefully very soon. Also, we have the Cybersecurity Act from 2019 and the, the coming cyber resilience Act. So the aim of those uh, is that achieving a high common uh, level of cybersecurity across the European Union. Those legislative measures uh, propose, uh, among other, technical requirements as well. On the other hand, we have the, the, the milestone in cybersecurity in railways, which is the DS5701. This is the technical specification that uh, is a perfect example of cooperation among uh, all the rail stakeholders, the, the rail community. And it is uh, based in another international standard, which is more uh, rollout, which is the IIC uh, 62443. So um, uh, with this uh, technical specification, we can build what is uh, specified in the legislative proposals. So coming, for example, uh, it could be the case for the certification scheme, but also to implement the risk uh, management and the, the managing, management of the vulnerabilities. So I think uh, the, the, the legislative framework and the technical framework should be uh, tackled uh, together uh, in order to better harmonize the, the cybersecurity measures and requirements uh, to better protect our rail systems. Makes sense. But to be honest, I'm not a huge expert in cybersecurity, definitely not on your level. So for my sake, let's start with the first one. The Network and Information Systems Directive, NIS2, which you described as the chief legal means for boosting rail cyber defense as it stands now. So to help me understand, someone who never progressed past control, delete my technical savvy and my interaction with computers. What does NIS2 basically do? Well, the NIS2 proposal directive uh, mainly uh, uh, is uh, 
aimed at achieving a high common level of cyber security across the European Union. So it considers uh, the real sector as a critical sector. And there are different sectors uh, there reflected, and the real sector is one of them, as is uh, considered as critical infrastructure. And it aims at lacking of fragmentation among the different member states in implementing the different cybersecurity measures and, and so on. So uh, the, in there, uh, now change a, a little bit, let's say, the, the approach in general. So in the NIS uh, one, which is the one that is currently uh, ongoing, implemented, yeah, they have like a very difference between the operator of essential services and the digital services providers. So now it will be um, uh, essential entities and important entities, and, and the, the subject to the they are subject to the to the same cybersecurity management and, and reporting requirements. So just to summarize a little bit, uh, because I want uh, to, to, to explain it uh, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell so you can you can understand everything uh, in a simple way. So it strengthens the, the security requirements. Uh, it addresses the, the security of the supply chain, which is uh, good. Uh, Streamline the reporting obligations and introduce a more, let's say, strict and uh, super, supervisory measures um, uh, well, including uh, harmonized sanctions uh, across the European Union. So, for example, it also uh, reinforced the, the, the cybersecurity scheme for uh, ICT products, services, and processes. So, I think it's a perfect way in order to harmonize the cybersecurity, cybersecurity in, in Europe. Basically, we're all getting on the same page and making sure that our standards are high, making sure that there is no weak link in the EU27 cybersecurity sphere. So it seems like the technical side, while it may sound a little bit trickier, is basically on the same level, right? It's the idea that harmony is key to keeping Wales digital assets safe. Um, so the question is, what is CLC dash TF 50701. What does the acronym mean? What does the acronym mean? And how does it introduce standards that makes us safer? Well, in, if I can to, if, if I have to reply in, in just one word is uh, cooperation. Yeah. So the whole community was gathered in the Senelec Working Group 26 uh, in order to develop the technical specification 5701, which is Railway Applications Cybersecurity. As I told you before, uh, it is based in the IEC 62443, which is uh, for cybersecurity for industrial applications. That was the, the, the standard that we were using in the, in the past for to tackle cybersecurity in the rail sector. And this is, uh, let's say, uh, addressing all the specificities of the, of the rail sector meaning that it's tracking the, the different systems and subsystems uh, that are very special in the, in the rail sector. But also uh, there is a chapter for the supply chain and how to better uh, involve uh, the supply chains into the cybersecurity measures. So 
um, I think uh, the most important thing we have in, in rail uh, is that uh, it's not only based on IT information technologies, so that will be a computer. We have operational technologies, meaning that a train is running, and when the train is running, there are operational technologies that are running at the same time. So at the end, the, the TSCP 701 is aimed at protecting uh, the, the system and the system in the race sector from an opera, operational uh, point of view. Um, I, th I, I would think that the, the TS5701 is the perfect uh, tool to better harmonize cybersecurity in railways across the European Union. Okay. Well, that note, harmonization requires cooperation, which seems to be at the center of your publication so far at Unifay. So you mentioned research and innovation, Europe's rail, and before that, just rail. But what forms are really allowing rail suppliers to exchange on their cyber experiences? And which in your experience have seen the most success in raising the cybersecurity bar to that next level? Well, I think it's a good remark because uh, as, as you can see, cooperation is always a, a very important uh, topic uh, in all the fields and I guess in all the sectors. But uh, it is especially important in the risk sector, especially in cybersecurity. Why? Because at the end, we need to be united because we need to fight against uh, cyber criminals, cyber attacks. We need to share, we need to be aware of the best practices and, and we need to, to cooperate uh, in a very, very close way so we can achieve the, the best uh, way to, to better implement the, the, the measures on cybersecurity to protect our systems and to be capable to operate in the best and safe, uh, safest uh, conditions. So that's why I think the cooperation is key. So um, I think one way to, to cooperate and one good initiative is the, um, are the, the ISACs, which are the Information Sharing and Analysis Centers. Uh, this is an initiative uh, coming from the European Commission and also from uh, ENISA, which is the European Union Agency for Cybersecurity. And it's working very much uh, uh, in, in, all the, in all the sectors and all the community are there in order to share and, and, and to be aligned in, in the cybersecurity, um, well, policy topics, technical topics, but also in the, in the knowing the, the threat landscape, which is also framing us. Um, the here is the specific um, information and sharing analysis center the, for the race sector. So I think the, the, the purpose of, of uh, the center should be uh, to, to better improve this cooperation between all the rail stakeholders, meaning the rail undertakings in fact to managers, but also the European rights of the industry in the same level. And, and to better cooperate in order to implement the correct measures and, and to, to be beyond the state of art in, in cyber. Good. Now, well, it seems like there are a lot of eyes on this and they're working together and hopefully it only grows more and more because as the world goes more digital, there's more things to track. To call the 
attention to the elephant in the room. You are a woman in cybersecurity. Rail by itself, and especially cybersecurity, is a traditionally and stereotypically male-dominated space. What attracted you to this line of work? And how do you think diversity and representation in rail can really be better implement, integrated into our processes? Well, when I wake uh, up every, every morning and when I go to the, to the office every morning, I, I always think that uh, with my work, I am contributing with a little piece uh, on, on, on better improving the, the, the world in the sense that uh, we are the most sustainable mode of, of transport and we are contributing to the society. For example, me as a passenger, uh, I, I think that uh, there are still many things that I would really like to have uh, in, in great. When I take a train, uh, I think uh, there are still things to be improved, improved or even uh, to, to be implemented. So I think it's uh, my way to contribute to that and that really inspires me. Uh, on the other hand, um, I think the, the rail sector is very uh, innovative one. That means that it's very dynamic and you have like many different topics uh, along the, the rail industry. So uh, you can contribute to, to, to the technical part, but also to the most innovative part, but also there are different things on skills. The, uh, I think it's, it's a very important uh, sector to contribute to society in general. So having said that, I would say that uh, we need uh, gender balance in, in the sector. We need to try to change uh, the mindset and, and we need to, to better uh, have more inclusion, more diversity uh, for female uh, women in general, not only uh, across the sector, but also in top management positions as well. Because I think having different views uh, is the way to cooperate good. So if everything goes in the same line, uh, I think uh, more points of view are, are needed. So probably a female will have another different point of view that will contribute to that. To be honest, Robert, I, I am very lucky because uh, um, I am aware uh, that I am working with brilliant women uh, with the rail sector already. And, and I think uh, more, there is more need to, to, to better, let's say, and uh, attract them uh, to, to be part of, uh, of, the, of the team because at the end we are building the train of the tomorrow and uh, it's about sustainability but also connectivity but also about uh, society in general and, and I think it's, it's an important topic to, to have this, uh, this more uh, equity balance uh, in this. So just, just a very last uh, remark in, in, the, in the field of cybersecurity, an important uh, figure is that only 7 uh, to 8% of uh, the whole workforce are females. I am not talking about the race sector now, I am talking about uh, in, in general all, all the sectors. So uh, I, I would think that uh, the, the cybersecurity is an important topic, I think it's a no new, but uh, emerging one. And I think we need to, to tackle this all together with different point of views. 
so more more similar also needed in, in the cyber security so to, to put together more ideas and to bring the more let's say views on, on the, the cyber security field and also specifically in the, the real sector yeah uh there's a lot to think about there you know the european commission has released several new initiatives such as the green deal sustainable uh mobility strategy, so on and so forth, with 55, which really calls on our sector to contribute to the future of not just mobility, but how the European Union uh, functions, you know, up to mid-century and then, you know, beyond. And it's a real hands-on-deck situation. So more women, more, you know, diversity, all these things, it's the only way we're going to get it done. If you had to talk to the next generation girls and women who are, um, you know, suing STEM or thinking about pursuing STEM, what would you tell them? I would encourage to join the team on STEM because uh, I think it's amazing. It's exciting. Uh, so you are building uh, the next generation of products uh, in a safe way, but also I think it's a very dynamic uh, atmosphere to, to work in, in STEM, especially in cybersecurity. Uh, there are the, the trend landscape, as we were discussing before, uh, is changing very rapidly, and we need to we need to, to protect uh, the, the systems, the subsystems uh, in the rail sector, but also in other sectors. So I will encourage them uh, to keep their, their view and to work in a dynamic uh, world to, to better improve the, the safety of uh, across the, the European Union. Cool. I mean, I hope that the next generation follows in your footsteps and really continues to contribute to our, you know, collective safety. So last step. We talked about where we've been, where we're going, where, where we are now. So where are we going next? In the coming months as cyber literate people, let me do that again. So we've talked about where we've been, where we are now, where are we going next? So for the less cyber literate people amongst us, what do we have to look forward to? What legislative and technical milestones do you think will be the most impactful to our efforts to digitally protect Europe's rail systems? I think the most promising uh, initiatives uh, regarding the legislative framework will be the approval, the, the final uh, approval of the NIS2 uh, proposal directive. It will come the, also the Cyber Resilience uh, Act uh, in, the, in the coming uh, months. And I think uh, this will be key in order to, to ensure the, the business continuity and, and resilience of, uh, of the European Union, of course. So for uh, the technical milestone, I think uh, the most important thing is to roll out the TS5701, the technical specification, to have a better level of maturity on it, and also uh, it will be crucial to, to promote it and to migrate it into an international standard. Um, I think the coming months, uh, well, years and probably decades, if you allow me, will be um, key and there will be many changes and challenges in order to tackle cybersecurity. I think this is exciting. <laughs> Good. We have a lot to look forward to. 
too. Marta, thanks for talking to me today. You gave us some things to worry about, but also a lot of hope that we're getting better every single day, especially with rail suppliers focused on this task and building the future of Europe's railway systems. So thanks for joining us for the first episode. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Maybe not with you for the next one, but hopefully we have you back. Thank you very much, Rob. It was a pleasure, and, and, and I hope to see you soon in the podcast uh, view. Perfect. So thank you for joining us for our first episode of the UK podcast, speaking about Europe's rail system, Europe's mobility system, and what we all have to look forward to in the next generation of the European Union. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, like it, follow us, and stay tuned because we will have more from everything from skills to funding to sustainability, urban uh, transport, and so on and so forth. Have a great day.